David, of the various films that you've made, I'm wondering how you come up with the titles. We haven't really asked filmmakers on how they come up with titles, and you have some very interesting titles mm. to your films. Mm -hmm. So what is it that strikes you about a certain set of words that you think would grab people? Um, oh, it's a good question. You know, it's, I think it's been different every time. Um, in Jiro Dreams of Sushi, how did that title come about? I mean, we actually, I had a number of different titles. We knew we wanted to, he always talks about how he dreams about sushi. And so, you know, I wanted the title to come from something that he said. And uh, in this case, we were kind of playing with the phrasing of it because, you know, he says that every night I dream about sushi. Um, so we were just kind of playing because it's in a different language. We were kind of playing with the syntax of that. And Jiro Dreams of Sushi just kind of came out and one of our friends, um, was like, oh, it sounds kind of like a Miyazaki movie, you know, like one of the, you know, uh, Hayao Miyazaki makes these incredible, like Howl's Moving Castle or Spirited Away, these really interesting titles. So we thought like Jiro Dreams of Sushi kind of sounds like an adventure of some kind or something evocative. So it, it just kind of felt right. In the case of A Faster Horse, that actually idea, I believe it came from our producers, um, suggested it. And I said, you know, I wasn't sure, maybe somebody will say something that's right. But throughout the course of making the film, we realized that A Faster Horse was kind of perfect. And the title, A Faster Horse, comes from this very famous quote by Henry Ford, where he is, um, what he, he, Henry Ford was asked in an interview, well, how do you know what people want? I mean, do you ask the farmers what they want? You know, how do you decide what they want? And Henry Ford goes, you know, well, if I asked the farmers what they wanted, they would just say, a faster horse. They don't know what they want. It's my job to kind of predict the future and create something that they will want, they just don't know about it yet. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting because if this film is about innovation, it's about Lee Iacocca kind of creating a car that um, would be accessible, that would be beautiful yet affordable to you know, the baby boomers who didn't know that a car like this could even exist and be affordable, um, it kind of fits. And, uh, you know, it made me think about, you know, Steve Jobs and, you know, how he created, you know, nobody knew what an iPhone, nobody could ask for an iPhone. You know, they had to see it and then understand how to like it. So I, I, I love the idea of these kind of visionary people who um, can predict what somebody is going to want without needing to do market research and stuff like that. And the Mustang is a car that was not, did not have market research. It was a car that they, they, they went with their gut and they put out this car that was beautiful and affordable in 1964 and it just blew everyone's mind. And 50 years later, people are still enjoying it. Right, as you show in the film, and we'll talk about more of that in a second. I was curious for A Faster Horse, did you have 100% of the production budget in place, or did you get it sort of piecemeal as you began gathering the interviews? No, the, the, it's, an in, it, it's an interesting story about how this film was made, because I don't know that it's ever been done like this before, um, where basically what happened was, you know, the Ford wanted a 50th anniversary car, uh, sorry, a 50th anniversary film for the Mustang to tell the story, the history of the Mustang and to capture kind of the global phenomenon that the car has become. Um, so they, um, uh, Al, Uzi, Al Uzielli, who's this producer, um, who is a, he's a, I think he's the great grandson of Henry Ford II. Um, he uh, has connections, you know, with Ford. He um, works with Team Detroit, their advertising agency. And they came to our producers and said, we want to make this film about the Mustang, but we want it to be a real movie, and you can do anything you want with it, as long as it captures like the main kind of feeling of Mustang. 
you can do anything you want. So they came to me, they told me that I could do that. And I thought like, wow, that's kind of amazing to be able to have unfettered access to look behind the curtain at a major corporation making their most important product um, and they'll pay for it, but I can do whatever I want in the making of the film, um, you know, with the guidance of my producers. Because, um, you know, no film is made by one person. But the fact that we'd really be able to make a real movie out of it was very attractive to me. So the film was fully financed um, by Ford, but they were not, they really didn't give us any notes. They really didn't, all that they did was open the doors for us and let us in. And I think that um, we had a lot of goodwill because of Jiro Dreams of Sushi. They loved that movie. They saw how it kind of put emotional context to sushi and kind of changed the way that people look at sushi and the craft of it. So they were hoping that I would do the same thing for the Mustang. Fascinating. Well, I know that you had one interview that really um, stuck out to me, and that was a gentleman, forgive me, his name is escaping me, but he said that there are days that you go home and you think, wow, no one wants me to be <laughs> successful. And I was shocked that he was so honest about that, mm. especially within the corporate realm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone talks about, well, we're a family, we're a team, mm. and we don't let each other down. And, and I thought that there was a lot of truth. Anybody who's ever had a corporate job can probably mm -hmm. attest to that on some days. Taking that same mindset, do you feel in making a film, maybe not so much this one, but in, in the, of the others that you've made, were there days that you ever went home and thought, gosh, I don't know if people really want me to be successful? Sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, first off, for the, 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 the people that we interviewed for it are fairly fearless in the way that they're able to just be completely honest. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons that their car, you know, they've been doing very well and their cars are very affordable, but they're good. And I think that um, one of the reasons for that is that they have this kind of corporate culture where people are allowed to take risks. They're allowed to um, make mistakes without fear of reprisal. And so because of that, they're really able to reach and like do what they feel is right. And so that kind of like honesty within the company is like really impressive to me. Um, that, that was how Titan who said that, yeah, sometimes when you're the chief engineer, you just go home and you're like, it's like everything's going wrong. Nobody wants me to be successful. And it's more of a feeling than a truth, you know? I think that, uh, you know, as a director, things go wrong and you're like, it's easy to take it personally. And, you know, you can, sometimes I get that feeling where it's like, oh, like, you know, there's something wrong with the online or like the color correction doesn't look right and nobody's paying to fix it and why are they just trying to screw me over? And so that's a feeling that you get because you care so much about what it is you're making. The uh, pressure of being a chief engineer of a car is intense. I mean, it's a billion dollar investment. It's, um, and it's all on your shoulders. You know, the success of the car is, is riding on you and your taste and your vision and your ability to communicate your taste and to motivate this massive team of people to, to execute it. So, I mean, it's an incredibly high pressure situation and it's hard not to take it personally. And one of the reasons if you're able to make a good product, it's because you take it personally and because you care so much about it. So you can certainly, you certainly there are times when you certainly get emotional. And uh, I think it's really awesome that you know, they were willing to share that with us. And we were really able to watch them go through the process of building this car, warts and all, through the highs and the lows. And there are lows in the film. And things definitely go wrong. And, um, which makes the success all that more satisfying. So I'm really kind of lucky that they were willing to just share it all with us. And just uh, briefly touching on the same idea, but taking it in terms of, do you feel that way sometimes in building a film career? Not uh -huh. just a film, but a film career. Right. Do you still 
have no, that no, same I, thing where you think maybe it's just on the person taking it personally? Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't think that anybody, I've never felt that anybody has not wanted me to succeed. I feel like I'm very lucky in that I have my producers and my crew and everybody that I've always worked with. I've been very fortunate to have a group that I work with repeatedly a lot and we all are striving to make something cool. We all want to make something that we want to watch ourselves. And, you know, because we love to watch movies just as much as we like to make them. And so we want to make things that we all want to watch. Um, and so it's important not to take it personally. If something goes wrong, something isn't exactly the way you want it to be, you just have to um, find the solution. And we work together to find the solutions. But I never take it personally. I never feel like somebody is trying to screw me over or anything like that. Good, good. Yeah, there was one gentleman in the film that said that he sometimes can't sleep at night. And he said that when they were building the new Mustang, that people were just like, don't screw this one up. Oh, like, yeah. Just this one. Just oh, sure. sure. Yeah. And this actually could be, and that's because, you know, it's very different. If you're building a, a new car that's a new model that nobody had heard of before, um, it's a lot less pressure than taking on an established brand that is like a legend in the minds of people. It would be similar for your filmmaker to making a new Star Wars movie. I mean, J.J. Abrams is, I'm sure that his, he had to move because of like the mail and all the crazy like letters from people telling him exactly what the movie should be and you know, everybody has an opinion on it. So that just raises the stakes even higher. I got a slight taste of it making this film because everybody had an opinion of what the Mustang documentary should be like and what are the right Mustang models that should be included in the film. Whenever we would interview Mustang fans, they'd be like, okay, make sure you get the Fox body models in there. You know, they're like looking at me like, I got my eyes on you. And it's really interesting because, you know, in this, myself to a much smaller extent, but Dave has the hopes, and Dave Parasak, who's the chief engineer of the car, the main character of the film, the hopes and dreams of the Mustang faithful are kind of like on his shoulders. And he has to make a car that they're going to love, or, you know, it's going to be, it'll just be a big personal disappointment for everybody. So it's a very high stakes thing to work on something that is an established brand that people care deeply about. That being said, was there anything in making this movie that you now looking back on it wish you had done differently? Because you did make it not just about the car, but also a very personal journey of the people involved. You believe you were at one gentleman's house, Tom, and spoke to his family. And, and I was surprised that you had such access yeah. to, to some of these people that yeah. didn't want to just be seen as these like corporate, sure. you know, they were human. But anything that personally uh, you felt you wish going back you could have changed or, oh. or not? I mean, there are so many things. There are so many things. I'm very proud of this film. I'm very proud of all of our team members who worked really hard on it. And they're, all of their work individually, I think, is spectacular on the film. And it forms a greater whole. But of course, watching the movie, there are so many things that I would change. And that's true of everything I've ever done, even going back and looking at Jiro Dreams of Sushi, everything I've always done. I've always felt like there was something more that we could do. Um, but uh, that's okay, and that's always going to happen. You know, I'm not going to tell you what those things are. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what the mistakes are. <laughs> but um, you know, there's always a, a way to do better. And that's something I really learned from Jiro Dreams of Sushi and working with Jiro Ono, who he's in that film. He's 87 years old. He's the world's greatest sushi chef, three Michelin stars, and he still looks at his sushi and is like, ah, you know, I'm just kind of starting to get the hang of it. And so I think that's kind of like a perfectionist mentality. And so if you're ever satisfied and you're like, oh, I did the best that I could, and this is the best product that it could ever be then you know maybe that's the end of that's that's the end then you know i always feel like there's a there's always another level to strive for and so um but you also have to be okay with your product and get it out there you know so um i think that you know we do the best that we can with the resources available and we make something that we enjoy watching 
And, and when I'm at the point of watching the film where I don't feel like I'm not cringing, I don't feel like ashamed of it, then we're in pretty good shape. But there are always things. Usually it happens maybe two months after the movie is picture locked and it's impossible to change things that you get the new great idea, but you know what? You just save that for a future movie, basically. <laughs> yeah.